Hi, I'm Jen Gibson, and this is Brain Weasels. This episode was recorded at Wolfman Studios in Little Rock, Arkansas on Christmas Eve 2022. My guests are tattoo artist Lee Dandy, check them out at Electric Panther in Cabot, Arkansas, and Tabby McGuire, a member of the Sanchez System, the Dissociative Identity Disorder System you've heard in so many episodes. This episode is about LARP, live-action role-playing. Lee and Sanchek run a lot of LARPs with their group, The Gentleman's Hammer. I'm thrilled that they're willing to give us some of their expertise here. This episode is a continuation of the conversation we had in an episode several months back. That's why this is part two. I've split this episode into two segments to make it a little more bite-sized, so be sure to check out part three as well. So I want to ask you what, what we should start with. Do you want to talk about fantasy or sci-fi or horror what's what pick your poison hmm well, i can talk about about horror because that is a lot of the larps that i choose to run now i've written i've ran all variety of larps i've run post-apocalyptic i've run murder mystery sci-fi all flavors of sci-fi in fact and uh but horror is tried and true it's also the easiest to produce so if you're like a beginning person and you want to run your own larp try running a horror larp because all haunted house tricks are applicable to horror larps (laughs) i have used many of them and we've discussed some of these tactics uh in, in the previous episode yeah um so i'm always I like going to haunted houses because it gives me ideas. Yes. <laughs> I go and, I'm, and I just think to myself as I go through, what is effective here? What are people screaming at? What, how are they setting up their actors, their scare actors, to surprise people? What tricks are they using? And I'll look online to, to see some new ideas for ways to horrify people. But it's not just that I want to scare them. I just want it, to, it's more like orchestrating their emotions. Yeah. As your players go through the experience of, of uh, the scene in this LARP, I want to um, curate an experience for them so that they can safely um, go through these emotions and I can easily remind them like, hey, uh, this is fake. You don't yeah. have to, um, you know, if you need some time, you could actually just step out of this horrific scenario. There's not actually a slasher coming at you. You know, uh, that's not a real knife. I can just show you and bend it you know like wiggle it a little bit and show them like this is fake (laughs) do you do that if you if you see signs that somebody is panicking um it's kind of a gray area because i am of the personal mindset that i want to support people's autonomy because some people like to be in that state Mm -hmm. when they they specifically seek this out and if i break immersion for them without them asking me to i take something away from them some people not everyone is that aware of themselves and in a good place to experience that so it's hard to say sometimes um but typically you can tell when somebody's having a genuine panic attack and and trying to um reel them back out of that space and into some sense of safety so that tends to be obvious in which case we just call pause on the entire scene get them to a safe place help them calm down and the scene may continue uh for everyone else get back into it etc uh i've never really felt like those kind of pauses have disrupted the flow of anything but as far as if i see somebody being horrified you know by like me as the monster coming after them um they could just be acting so i'm trying to participate in the scene in good faith that they are acting 
and I'm acting and they know that I'm acting and they know that they're safe. And if they aren't, that's what our red light system is for. That's what our cards are for if you're unable to speak because some people will go nonverbal if they're distressed you can hold up a red card and say and that's a sign that it stops immediately you hold up that yeah. card we stop i reassure you i get you to safety we're not you're you know game game off um yeah. So, but that is the player's responsibility to do uh, if i see signs of distress i typically have to take that as um this is all in the scene although Sometimes I, I really like the idea of introducing the green card, though, because I think that would help solve some of this problem. Um, a player can hold up a green card when they know that they're acting a whole lot or they know that they're even distressed, but they're telling me that I'm okay. Keep coming at me. Like, make me cry. I'm okay with it. So I think I like the idea of introducing the green card and and maybe we can have like a hand signal to help check on that or something. If I'm feeling unsure genuinely I'm like okay what color is it are we at green light are we at red light is it yellow light like should i ease up like what's going on here i have a little suggestion mm -hmm. that just popped into my head yeah please. what if you had the had wristbands red and green mm -hmm. wristbands and they could you know like kind of hold it up yeah that'd be good if we can come up with some kind of tool that people can wear and uh, so they don't have to try and fish it out of their pockets i think that would be really helpful uh, or even like you know those retractable keychains actually. Oh, we okay. can have some kind of like like um, dangling keychain on those, and they can just grab it off their belt and hold it up because it's oh, and then it yeah. retreats back to that's that's a I'm brilliant write idea. That down. Yeah, I love <laughs> that's that. That's great. Idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. <laughs> All right, Sanjay's here. Yay! Who's here today? Well, uh, you said we were talking about LARPs, so Tabby. I figured it's good to mix things up since <laughs> we're That's on great. here plenty. So, although yeah. like, I'm gonna try and and watch my mouth. I'll do my absolute <laughs> best. I apologize to everyone in advance if I uh, got sailor mouth. So if I swear a bunch, I'm sorry. You can open that if you want. I so I got say, all of my all guests the, today. What's all the swag, all the merch. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I, I have lots of swag. I yeah. got all my guests a. Um, a mug that has brain weasels on it and it has the weasel brain <laughs> and i brought in a bunch of stickers and buttons and uh y'all can take whatever you want i've been giving these out all day i'm gonna put a magnet on my car y'all i'm unwrapping this right now and i gotta let you know that this is more professionally packaged than like the big company kickstarter that i did recently <laughs> that arrived at my house I was afraid it was going to come in broken because that happens a lot. But this is like fancy. Love it. They did a great job packaging. They I actually did. really love this company. Yeah. It's uh, very sturdy too. I have already opened oh yeah, mine. That's, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. Total ceramic. We were talking about horror LARP. Oh, fun. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that one that you like? Um, oh, well, yeah. I mean, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm very comfy in those types of like immersive environments that makes me happy so yeah i uh i mean and i've done lots and lots and lots with the hammer over the mm -hmm. years because of course i started with west of absolution which was our post apoc and then i've had a hand of some kind and like the behind the scenes for everything no matter who was doing the acting because i i enjoy it so much so yeah mm -hmm. um i started on horror because i was talking about how um it's really easy to set those up as a LARP. Mm -hmm. um, 
so those are my favorite to run because I can throw a horror LARP together really <laughs> fast <laughs> compared to other other genres. Take a little bit more thinking. The post-apocalyptic took a lot, actually. Um, not just with trying to set up and orchestrate the story, but the aesthetic is... Costumes are easy enough with West of Absolution because uh, it was post-apocalyptic. You just put on some, like old clothes and rolled around in the mud and you pretty yeah, much yeah. have it down like, like strap some belts on <laughs> and put a bag on your shoulder that's like old that you found at goodwill for two bucks and hey you've got a costume yeah if you want to be really really fancy you can throw some bones on or something like mm-hmm. i don't know get um, an old get a ski mask or something <laughs> like an old just buy and like a wear of dog sign and weather it up and just stick it over your shoulder yeah yeah like i saw a guy that got that made armor out of those little bike license plates (laughs) i I saw it was not out of larp but it was at like a um Mm. like a club night or something that was post-apocalyptic but but it was it was uh, i'll I'll go ahead and interject although his his costume was Mm. from a larp because he did dystopia rising so technically it was a larp costume we weren't at the larp when we saw it though but yeah, he's a great guy, that guy. Or, yeah, he was he was pretty chill. That's mm. clever. Or I think they are if if they end up listening to this because I know that the pronoun has changed since has we it? met. Yeah. Oh, so okay. so sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah. Um, um I'd love to talk more about costuming if you guys want to. Sure. Um what do you um What's your favorite? Like, as far as costuming for a LARP, like, do you really enjoy the horror stuff? Because it's kind of easy. And but, um, or do you do you like doing the post apocalyptic? Or is hmm. there something else? Uh, me personally, I just want to look fancy. Um, mm-hmm. I try to make my costumes to where I can dress up as like, if it's kind of, I like Victorian stuff i like fancy vests and jackets and I, I like looking like that but i also have used many different costumes over the years um i will lean in that direction because that's what i like to wear but i'll wear whatever it takes to horrify people or, or just to <laughs> yeah. achieve the goal of the character essentially we all have so many different vibes that yeah, i yeah. think every costume we've ended up doing we've liked because i don't really see like what would be the point in, in trying to put on something that I'm not like jazzed about, I guess. But like, I like West of Absolution was kind of my baby and post-apoc is my total, like my vibe in general, aside from like, I, I had, I had, um, like grungy farmhouse core, like cottage core type vibes, like way before it was cool. Although I also had like basic white bitch vibes too. So I don't know, but (laughs) Like I've seen the Han Solo boots. Yeah, yeah. Listen, okay, (laughs) they're great. They're comfy. I don't care what anyone says. But uh, is short. Everything else, like, (laughs) sorry, I'm not gonna disagree with you on that actually. But like, (laughs) ninety percent of what I do or what I like is like is the post-apoc vibe, um, or the final girl vibe, and so that was definitely my fave. I liked finding storage solutions and looking like I could actually. You know, like if I turned up in the wasteland, you would not be surprised. I love doing that sort of thing. I love designing all the other characters that I can too. Um, but we've liked everything we've done. I mean, we had um, like Gold Rush Western was one. Mm-hmm. We've had mid-century um, like pastoral horror vibes one. We've had 
um, the high fantasy Victorian mage looking dress that we did for Emma. Um, so we've had a bunch, but I, I guess collectively, cause like, I think most of us like my, or well, doc call her something different. Her whole thing is like 20s, 30s wants to dress fancy like you. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think other than lots of us liking that particular one, I think, yeah, kind of the horror costumes are our favorites, especially the monsters and stuff. Oh, monsters I mean, like, we're, I, some of us are low-key furries, first of all. And then second of all, we, we've done haunt stuff, and we've, we've loved that stuff forever. And so every time we get to put together a monster or a monster mask, and, like, carving foam is bogus. But at the same time, if we get to throw together, like, a good monster costume or monster props, we're always excited. I got good at carving foam. I mm-hmm. did that whole entire Michi Pesci mm-hmm. shield face monster thing for oh, a LARP, and I spent hours and hours mm-hmm. and hours in the garage i think i totaled about 50 plus hours yeah. into and you, creating that you got to do more than than we did but i remember oh, being in there and it took it took us like three whole ass days yeah to carve that it was like a i giant. was i was in there day and night to get <laughs> mm-hmm. that done wow. um yeah it, when i create a costume what i really like to think about not just with the fancy of the clothes that's just a personal preference but when i'm designing for a character specifically i like to think about what is th- what does the clothes say about the character? Not mm-hmm, just think mm-hmm. about it in the sense of what would the character wear. I care less about that. Mm-hmm. You would think that would be first priority because like, oh, it's true to the character. It's like, first of all, fuck the character. I want the experience. I want to know yeah. what the people experience when they see the character. That's so much more important to me. I want them to, if they look at this character, should they feel put together? Should they feel reserved? Should they feel outlandish? Should they, you know, sh- what do I want my players to experience when they encounter this person? Um, like our post-apocalyptic character had a vaguely military-looking uh, costume. I wanted people to get the feeling that uh, there was some kind of discipline in that character. And, mm-hmm. and uh, also he's wily, he has a top hat with a mm-hmm. bunch of feathers, so he's outlandish, but it's preserved coloring, you know. It's things like that that I try to think about. Um, or like the doctor character that I played in Roots, uh, I picked browns and colors mm-hmm. like that because brown is a color that is... Reserved, you see it a lot with banks, such as also with navy blues. I'm using color theory and advertising essentially mm-hmm. to craft the costumes that I make because I want people to have a certain feeling. I want them, when they met uh, Dr. Cartwright, I wanted them to feel like he was very reserved and relaxed and they were safe with him. <laughs> so well, with him being a therapist, that was really important. Costuming yeah. is character design. Yes. Like straight up. And that's that's the thing is like you have to pay attention to that stuff and it's less about what you want to do and more about what you're conveying just like Mm -hmm. with any storytelling and so anytime i end up yeah thinking about a costume like lots of little details that i'm guarantee people just miss but i'm happy with like but maybe they pick up on subconsciously Mm -hmm. which is what i really hope for like lots of little details are completely deliberate and they might not look deliberate at all so Mm -hmm. i i don't know i'm trying to think of one offhand really that we had Emma's nails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really important that they were pointed and kind of monstery. She had, like, stiletto, oh, yeah. the stiletto black matte nails, and mm-hmm. um, she had, like, you know, this white streak in her hair, which, as the characters in the fantasy setting went on to find out, it basically, there are certain outsiders to this realm, I don't know how else to explain, mm-hmm. who, the longer they spend there, the more they start turning into monsters, and they're probably dealing yeah. with, like 
forbidden magic type stuff and she passed off as a, a human really easily but but if you were paying attention then like yeah the claws <laughs> and the the streak in the hair got more unruly and it was just yeah she's she's speaking, got something going on <laughs> speaking of monster designs and co- costume changes at the last minute i want to talk about <laughs> Though, uh, I that was same gonna say... that same fantasy role play game when we added to uh the final boss's costume we had these balloons that were just kind of like they were used in a previous scene and we didn't really have any plans for them and they were losing air and they were just kind of like wilted and like barely some of them were barely floating so we just painted eyeballs on them and they reacted to the black light and lighting is really a really mm-hmm. good resource especially mm-hmm. for big finale things or if you're and doing eldritch stuff lighting can yeah, get you it can, so far it can yeah. it can make a big difference the way you light a character but I saw pictures. I was the one wearing the costume, so I didn't get to approach myself and get the full experience. But I saw pictures later of of how I was moving and how these balloons kind of like lazily trailed after me and like moved and and, and I was like, "That's creepy." That's <laughs> I would amazing. be losing my mind if I was a player and walked in and saw that, and it turned and looked at me, and the balloons kind of moved to the side, and all the eyes turned and looked, and <laughs> I, I would just be like, "Nope, mm-mm, nope, mm-mm, I'm my, not doing this." My favorite. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I was going to tell the story about, uh, we had a game called The Initiates, which was basically where some college freshmen get suckered into the whole stay in the haunted house overnight as part of Mm -hmm. hazing, so you can join the frat, except they were supposed to do this spooky read out of a book ritual, haha, it's like Bloody Mary, except no, it's real, and it like flips them to this nightmare world or this nightmare dimension, and that was tons of fun for so many reasons and that was so much playing with lighting because we rented a building and changed every single light bulb and we had such a staff that was just amazing behind the scenes that we cut the power so that after they read the incantation and then when we flipped it back on in that amount of time all the men in black had managed to change every single light bulb in the place no 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 we we had it changed beforehand but we had the lights off and we we had two rules in place. If a door closes, it is considered locked yeah, and you we can't open it. And if the lights are off, they're off. Um, if the lights come on, they're on. You can't yeah. mess with the light switches. But that was for our purpose so that we could curate the experience for the players. We'd yeah. already changed the light bulbs Okay, because I thought, I thought, from my understanding, because I was doing other stuff, I, I thought that we were running behind and we were missing something because I thought Jelly oh, no. had to run in and they had to go and flip a whole I, bunch of stuff. I'm the practical master. I've already thought about these things. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm not I, playing with that right beforehand. Um, I just, you you guys fooled me because I was doing a whole bunch of other things this instead. This is so. a lot of the things that I set up for LARP. I don't, I don't know that I, I necessarily communicate. I just do it. Uh, but that's why I say those rules in advance so that uh, when people hear it, they don't really question. They've just learned, don't question Lee about it. Like, just yeah. if, they, if Lee says something, just do it. And it's like, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, if you do that, everything will be fine. If you don't do that, I'm going <laughs> to yell at you. <laughs> We've talked about this before. <laughs> Long story short, what I was trying to get to, not to yeah, you're get into my shitty memory, but like, what I was trying to get to was that all the lights being changed, we had like lighting based on what room they were in, what mood it was supposed to be for what scene they were getting into. And we had black lights and stuff and we relied really heavily on the black lights. Mm -hmm. And I loved the costumes for that, for the monsters, because all we had to do is we got a bunch of like full body Zentai suits, like the blackout, like just Mm -hmm. total body, uh, black body suits and then did masks and we had painted the masks with UV, and, and it just mm-hmm. really stood it out. It stood out the entire completely. vibe. 
Uh huh. And so, you know, if you had, or if you did claws or something, then that was really what showed up in the dark and not the rest of you. What so really it was very cool. What really was effective about lighting in that game, and um, another thing I did beforehand, I covered everything with white sheets because you see that in old abandoned houses, mm-hmm. right? Every, we did all do the furniture is covered in white sheets. So when they all went to the bedroom and started doing the spooky incantation chant, slam the door. They, now it's mm-hmm. locked. They know that this is a rule. You cannot open this door. Then we pulled all the sheets off of everything, mm-hmm. turned all the lights on. And then when they stepped out, but the important part of it was when they stepped out. Mm-hmm. They did not expect the environment to change. No. So they had been in this low-lit, uh, spooky house with all the white sheets covered mm-hmm. up. And this, we timed it really well because this was around sunset. Okay. And after, uh, as they did the incantation thing... Um, they had to use flashlights at this point because it was getting really dark outside. Mm-hmm. But when we slammed a door, that the last memory they had of the house was all the white sheets and, you know, the flashlights. When they come out and they see that this is, why is it blue? Why is it red? Why is it black light? <laughs> what is going on? Why? Where is the light coming from, first of all? <laughs> I don't understand. Where did all the sheets go? Yeah, just um, disorienting. And a lot it, of what I was doing was setting up other props. So stuff it, it really because we were trying to transport them to a different dimension. Because what their spell actually did was go to a different dimension where the quote ghosts exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get there and and they really I, I was told later that it really felt like they were just transported somewhere else because yeah. they came out and they're like, what the hell is going on? And then they get upstairs and there's ghost people like silhouette people and a creepy doll person and, and like oh, one, one, of the things, happening. one of the things i was setting up too was we did cardboard cutouts of small children yeah. and we spray painted them black and you could so i i used tea light candles for the eyes so they were had that weird flicker and that was it. And I went and set them up in the woods. So if they looked out the window, they just saw all these children looking out from behind trees. And they that were like, was, we used that no. for the timer for the game to <laughs> yeah, show that you're running getting, out of time. They start we getting started closer to the closer. windows. Uh-huh. And at one point, someone opened one of the curtains to see how close they were. And I, they, oh, bless right them. There. They opened exactly the one I had already put the kid right up against the glass. And I heard them squeal. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> Like, it just shrieked. It's so fucking funny. And it was great. Monster costumes don't have to be extravagant. The monster costume that I wore was literally just a, a black robe made out of crushed velvet that's cheap mm-hmm. as hell that you can get at any Halloween store and a mask that we put UV paint on. And, and I wig. had hid it. No, the Didn't wig was part of the mask. Mm-mm. No, it was part of the mask. Oh, that yeah, that's what I yeah, mean. Yeah, it was it all like, one. It had like a mane. Yeah, it, it just, you pulled it over your head mm-hmm. and the hair fell off That did a lot you. for it as well. Yeah, and uh, so UV painted the the designs on the face and I had hid this costume strategically because I would have to do a quick costume change in the same room with other players Mm -hmm. that were trapped in the room (laughs) with me. But I was playing as a silhouette character at first. I was supposed to be playing the father of the household. All the ghosts were members of the household. So I was playing the father. Um, So I just went and stood in the corner and just stood really still while they're investigating this room. And eventually, your players are going to forget about you. If you just stand there <laughs> and not do anything interesting, not not say anything, not interact with them, nothing. They will forget you. 
And the thing is, like, I had the costume hidden right under the nightstand or under the bed, tucked away. So I just kind of ducked down and threw it back on. And I just stood right back up and I didn't move from that spot. Mm. And it still took them about 10 minutes to notice that they were no longer in the room with dad. They were in the room with a monster. (laughs) Can I just say my favorite part of that, though, was there were two guys who got locked in that room (laughs) and they ditched them. And so they're like, guys hello because they were supposed to be strategizing from across the door to see if they could get them out and they just left them there so the one guy is yeah they left poor justin Justin. and yeah that's true it was the justins justin justin Mm -hmm. and so one of them was sitting at the desk trying to like read the clue like the the thing that we had um put in there for the puzzle and the other guy was just sitting with his face slumped against the door and he was going knocking (laughs) he'd given up hope by this point and the the funniest part King is turns slowly and looks at you and he sees you and his eyes get really wide and he starts going <laughs> and then oh, like the other justin's like well what's going on oh he's sorry that's and i did this part of dm of gming in general is not fucking laughing yeah <laughs> i'm so glad i was wearing a mask because i was grinning really big and i had to grit my teeth because i was trying not to laugh anything <laughs> no i just... and i the thing is uh i just stood there oh. i wasn't doing anything no i just stood that in that the... one place He's just standing there menacing uh, that's yeah, creepy just standing there menacingly and uh because they didn't expect it they're they're like and they also don't know what to expect uh with the change when you introduce change into a scene you throw the players off a little bit so you can use that to your advantage what i knew would happen is that they would be kind of thrown off and they would be like really curious and also really afraid because they also don't know if i'm dangerous yet because i'm different so we are naturally inclined to fear things that are different or very sudden changes um especially when it's like i look like a monster i look like a classic you know horrifying figure uh it would make sense for them to just express a lot of concern (laughs) about this but uh when you play a monster you don't have to do much like i said for the most part i was just standing there now i had to play for time a little bit because the people upstairs had abandoned them and (laughs) yeah so this is taking a lot longer now this this scene was not supposed to last this long so i had to improvise if i stand there they're just going to continue to ignore me so i need to do something interesting so what i started doing was started pacing from one side of the room to the other and progressively more aggressively like more prowling it went from walking to prowling and and making noises and and but i was ignoring them and that mm. somehow was worse mm-hmm, because I was yeah. not acknowledging their existence until one started walking to the door and I stopped very suddenly and I turned and looked at him and he froze. And I walked over and I got really close to his face and I just <laughs> sniffed him. <laughs> and apparently that was like he, horrifying. Hated it. Hated it. Right. But when you, when you play a monster, basically you got to think like an animal, um, mm-hmm. but also a, a different animal not anything that you've met before you don't have to do much just do like one thing that's creepy and that's enough that's you got to trust that that's enough most of the time people are going to remember that for the rest of their lives that memory will probably live in this poor guy's head for the rest of (laughs) his life we find that horror much like humor is about subverting expectations and timing Uh, so it's always better when it's when it's less about what you're doing and more about what how the other people are interpreting it and and what 
it does in terms of like whether they're expecting you to do it or not um and that's that's really the thing is is not just acting animal but acting like contrary uh-huh. to what they would anticipate then they don't know what to anticipate that's where it comes in you know oh yeah and, mm-hmm. that i was thinking about it and that Merritt's costume for that one was literally just it was like a cat skull mask that we'd painted and with claws and the whatnot that was the game where we almost killed ourselves yeah i completely oh. for, we injured ourselves oh, for that I game remember. yeah because um because that house was really cool and it had a couple of like hidden passages yeah like these secret doors in the house and we we used them all the time to just randomly show up because ghosts and everyone's like how are you doing it so we ended up showing everybody at the end but um at one point she was like in another room and then came in through that door and came in quiet enough she managed to slip around and under the bed so like every character is in this room trying to regroup because stuff is getting dangerous and i don't think they'd really really other than the justins interacted with any of the monsters yet so she's under the bed and at the time we were um in a lot better shape than we ended up later or even now almost and we're we have hypermobility and so she's like i'm gonna do some contortionist shit when i crawl out from under this bed so she ended up banging on the bed a bunch and everybody like scoots to the other side and like (laughs) stares and so what she does is she just does her best possession like emily rose impression and just like reaches the hand out and drags herself out from under the bed and her (laughs) our torso like the chest is on the ground and she's able to look up but as she pulls herself out like we have our back end facing the other direction so like the front of our pelvis is facing the the like up on the underside of the bed and she just like rolls like untwists herself to get and do the your standard you know like back bend yeah possession thing and do the weird run at mm-hmm. people and i remember them losing it they were very upset about that one and then when people she still finally, talk about that yeah when she finally stood up she she like singled out we had people because we have people we know who are like oh you can touch me anytime use that to your advantage like that's just a and we checked in with them before the game we're like who's cool with us touching them all right she singled somebody out and like just kind of stood there and every time he'd move a little she'd mirror a movement until finally she like lunged at him and like grabbed him by the lapels and went to drag him back into the bed and i forget exactly who did it but somebody figured out that i don't know that i guess somebody had to have like played a game like alan wake or something and we're like a flashlight and like showed the flashlight at her so she just did her little screech and skittered off and that Mm -hmm. was just a yeah that was scene. a thing the the, the monsters uh, didn't want to be in the flashlight they yeah and so <laughs> oh, okay but somebody some brilliant person was like huh, i don't know what else to do get off of him <laughs> flashlight and so she gets out of the room and later on like we had twisted ourselves so much for that and we're in such a weird position it was completely worth it in in our mind but um we didn't feel great like the very next day and then, like, a week later, we were feeling real bad. Um, and we almost had to go to the ER, but thankfully made it into um, CRPCP about it. We had, like, 
or not our PCP. We actually went to our gastro specialist straight away because we had put a kink in our intestines. Oof. Like she had put like yeah. a, she had like cinched it up and we were having the sacrifices with that. we make. <laughs> yeah. And so we had to go in and have a like whole procedure and get that like balloon back out and whatnot. And it was painful and it was awful. And we've never been quite the same sense on that side. So it's just a thing now. And I, but was it worth it? Yeah, because anybody <laughs> yeah. who was there fucking remembers and that. There is a, a few things to note with, because uh, I guess we're talking about portraying monsters and yeah. antagonists yeah. and, and Please situations don't like that. Please don't. Please know your bodily know your bodily limits, and also be being a little uh, more physically fit will help you. So uh, be training for mm-hmm. the portrayal of a character or a monster in a game is is completely reasonable and also mm-hmm. recommended if i had been more fit at the time of doing this game i would have loved to like drop to the ground with like my arms really wide like basically planking yeah. and like crawled at somebody really fast yeah, they were that would really have been so scared fun. of the run they, they that was so much fun but, but now i could do that now yeah <laughs> i'm back in shape these days or we are but but we had a lot of issues and and that's the thing is like intestinal blockages of any kind like that will kill you absolutely yeah, definitely. so please yeah, yeah. please please especially if you've got chronic illness and hypermobility issues yeah and don't don't really hurt yourself it's it's the same rule it's not good, it's not good. <laughs> the same rule applies to storytellers as much as players when we say no stunts yeah. um don't endanger your physical well-being um i may or may not be part of the reason we have that as a rule so yeah. well you and uh josh he uh <laughs> You can't tell you that can't man stop no him. stunts, though. I tell him no stunts, and he just, next thing I know, he's baseball he's sliding under a, under a turret gun and disabling it with one swing like the badass he is. Yeah. <laughs> we just let him get away with stuff because we're like, all right, well, he you deserve can, it. He can physically I, yeah, do it. You he's, can do it. I can't stop. I also, got no reason to say Sometimes no. he really pushes the line with the no stunts he thing. He does. Um, <laughs> I'm going to talk about this from uh, we, that game Roots where I played the doctor. Um we had this this room that had a mechanical door, and it would really freak people out because this was like the 1940s or something, and um, technology of this kind was like rare. And so they saw this and were like, what the fuck is behind that door? Okay, so obviously now the players really, 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 really want to go in there. That's their expectation that we're going to get to go through that door. Yes, you will. Eventually. If you want to. Really <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do um, it right now? Are you sure about that? So, but it wasn't the time for it because I had prepared for them to go through that door eventually. Yes, the, the story continues through that door at night. <laughs> but right now, this is the middle of the day and you found it early because y'all are a bunch of sleuths and actually working together for once. This, <laughs> this game, for some reason, the players work together. They're on it. Oh. They do, did not, they don't have a habit of doing this. Most people take forever to, uh, most player groups will take forever to come to a conclusion because they're bickering yeah. or they're not working together. Or but no, the, it was seamless this time. But this, it was, yeah. yeah, it was seamless this time. <laughs> um, so they found the door and uh, I had to go in there as a doctor and puff up and be like, hey, what are you doing in here? You're not supposed to be in here. This is locked for a reason, for your own safety. Why are you messing with the door? Obviously it is dangerous down there. The ceiling could collapse. There are caverns through that door if you have to know. So I give them a little bit of truth. You know, of course there's caverns in there. That's what's behind the door. And you know, it, you know, it makes sense that a stalactite would just, or stalagmite, whichever, uh, uh, 
piece of rock would fall and <laughs> bean you in the head. I mean, it's dangerous. Have you ever been spelunking? It's horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also fun for some people. I would love to go, but that's a side note. Anyway. Too. Um, so I convinced them to leave the door alone and usher them gently out of the room. <laughs> and I check under every single bed in there to make sure that nobody is in the room. Nobody's and we all leave the room, right? So immediately my friend Lisa goes... I want to do a card draw because I want to pick the lock and go back in there. And I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, fine. I, as the doctor, have technically left the room, so I cannot stop her. So I have to appease the card draw. I get my cards out to do the draw, and the door opens. Josh had shimmied himself up under the mattress uh, on the on the bed, so I couldn't see him if I peeked down under it. He was like he was under holding himself the door, with his the feet bed frame, hands, like up like, like yeah. Mission Impossible he was style up Mission against Impossible the against the bed frame up under oh, the bed frame wow. and he opened the door and just said come on come on and gestured to pull her to pull her in and I just threw my cards down and I had <laughs> to go take a break in the air I was standing there I was and you so literally mad. threw them over your shoulder <laughs> I give up that's it for this segment please check out the rest of the conversation in LARP part 3 so long and be well <laughs> <laughs>